Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Jason! Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Sundell inside, no effects of the ankle. Nine points in the first quarter, none in the second. Gets her first two here in the third in the Walker to Moppin. Moppin plants the feet, the three, got it! Moppin's first three-pointer made this season. Dell so savvy out front. Gregory again, saw the mismatch, took advantage of it. Kansas Furphy dials up a three and delivers Johnny Furphy again. Tim to shoot, they hand it off to Harris. Down to seven, Harris steps into a three. Bullseye to one, Harris. Harris has the steal, two on one to Furphy. To the cup, left hand layup, good. Johnny Furphy matches a career high, and KU goes up five. Rebound Furphy, and they'll keep it alive. McCullough wide open for three. Bingo! Get it into Timberlake. He'll dribble out the final two seconds, and you can rock. Chalk it up. The Jayhawks win. Kansas bounces back again. Happy Tuesday morning, everybody. We're back on the Morning Blitz on 1025 UROC, AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. So glad that you're with us here on this Tuesday, January the 23rd. A little slick in a few spots outside. You're getting around this morning in some fog. Uh, That's the big thing. Uh, But some fog out there. Get those fog lights on. And just maybe plan an extra couple minutes on your uh, commute into wherever you're going. So be extra safe today. I'm Ross Volkmer, Christian Peck Dimmitt, of course, with us as well here on a Tuesday. Good morning, Christian. Good morning. It is a little bit foggy here uh, as well in Slick. So if you're in Colby, be careful. Uh, Same type of thing. I think it should clear up relatively quickly. I don't think there's more than another couple hours of this, but... It's the visibility is not high at the moment. I don't expect a full day full of fog. That'd be kind of weird. So I don't expect a full day full of fog. <laughs> it'd so. be fun to be honest with you. I'm sure it'd be dangerous <laughs> or whatever. But come on, it, your life, cool. your life must be your life. I'm having a fun day. It's been foggy the whole day. Okay, I guess if that's what's great about I it. I like to I like to describe myself as a boring person. No, obviously, think, yes. Obviously. When the bar is low. Fog, a foggy day would be would be a fun day. Yeah, well, nonetheless, extra safety this morning as you're making way around with some fog and stuff. We are expected to reach highs at around 35 today, so a cooler day today after temperatures reaching up into the 40s, which I don't know about you. I mean, it was almost shorts weather out there yesterday compared to what we've been having, so uh, it, was a, it was a beautiful day, but temperatures will tip back down a little bit cooler today. Uh, and we'll stay kind of in this 30-40 range for the foreseeable future. Full show ahead. We'll get to some high school hoops uh, tonight. Got some good games, including Goodland 
welcoming in Garden City to the Max Jones Fieldhouse. Always love it when big schools play small schools and vice versa. I think it's kind of fun. You know, it kind of gives that Hoosiers feel. You know, you know Hoosiers feel with, uh, you know, what is it? Was South Bend high against Hickory? Just kind of, it's, it's definitely not on the same scale, but it'd be kind of, it's kind of gives you that feeling. And so I look forward to that uh, tonight with coverage on 1025 Euro and some other good area games as well. We'll get to those a little bit later on. We're welcoming back to the show a good friend of the program, a former Colby Community College head men's basketball coach and now an assistant for Fort Hay State. Rusty Groffel going to join the show, our good friend. I tell you, I want to bring him on because I don't know if people know this, but Fort Hay State's having a pretty darn good basketball season, not on the women's side, but on the men's side. And they're, by the way, the top defensive team in the nation in Division Two, allowing just a minuscule 48 or 58.2 points per game. So uh, we're going to have Rusty Groffel on. We'll talk about... Uh, his time there at Fort Hay State, how they're getting to have such great defense. He also, by the way, was a part of the staff this year when they went to go play at Kansas, so we'll get his thoughts on playing at Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, but, yeah, we got plenty to get to here. Let's start first and foremost off with uh, some college hoops last night. Congratulations. The K-State women get a nice win down on the road at Baylor in a matchup of top 15 teams. By the way, K-State women up to number four in the rankings, a top four ranked team in college basketball, they win 58-55 last night over Baylor on the road in that brand-new shiny arena that the Bears have, and I had no idea was being built. I mean, it was a complete shock this year when I said, that doesn't look like their arena, and I was like, they got a brand-new arena? I had no idea. That's like one of my weird passions. You know, I love I love architecture of football stadiums, <laughs> basketball arenas, and it's like, what? They got a new one? That's kind of dumb. Uh, yeah, that's actually was one of my goals, Christian. Growing, I wanted to be an architect so I could build stadiums and arenas. That was one of the things there I considered growing up. But uh, as you can see, that was a fail. <laughs> this is close enough. I feel like, I mean. <laughs> it was a fail. Uh, anyway, a great win last night for the K State women. They got 16 points apiece uh, from the likes of Eliza Moppin, Gabby Gregory, and Serena Sundell. They didn't even have Aoka Lee, by the way. Uh, as they push their winning streak to 13 games with that three-point win over 13th-ranked Baylor. So, nice win last night for Jeff Mitty's Wildcats. They continue to be a phenomenal story uh, this season here in the 23-24 year. And, of course, also last night, I know both of us were watching KU Cincinnati. What, sorry, you have something on Kansas State win basketball? I'm sorry. Just jump yeah, in here. Not only did they win without Aoka Lee, but they're going to have to get used to doing that. Uh, I didn't realize uh, because she injured her ankle against Oklahoma, but then she finished the game. And I guess they went a while and kind of was fine, and she, they did a little precautionary MRA. Uh, she had surgery. She's out four weeks starting this past Friday. So they're going to have to do a lot of this. You know, that's the tough part about being a big person. Um by that being, you know, taller and 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 just uh, you know carrying more weight and stuff, it's it's hard on your body. And uh, Aoka Lee is one of those that has, you know, she's got a amazing resume, and she's missed a majority of time or a good mm-hmm. amount of time playing at Kansas State. So imagine if she could have stayed healthy through all these. I mean, she's going to miss a chunk of this season. She missed all of last season because of an injury. It's hard. That's a tough part. But once again, give a lot of credit to Jeff Biddy. He's done a great job plugging in the different pieces and playing different ways. Um, in case they wouldn't remain a top five team, despite their probably best player uh, going to be out now for a whole month. So, yeah, that's a that's a tough deal. Tough deal. She's third in the nation in field goal percentage. Obviously, you think of her as <laughs> that kind of player, but to be third, uh, I don't know if I 
if you knew that, I had no idea it was a percentage. I that knew it was high. high. Very impressive. I didn't know where she ranked. I knew it was high because once again, she's a big body. Just throw it up, catch it. Yeah. If you if you got any sort of hand eye coordination at that size, just put it up around the rim. You're going to have a high shooting percentage. No one can block that. There's no Brittany Grinders out there this year. I don't see. So you know it's okay. You can get that done. So, K-State went with a nice win last night. KU basketball with the win over Cincinnati was kind of a, well, I guess I consider it's a typical Big 12 men's game. It was a dogfight to extent. Kansas really never, I thought Kansas would win a little bit more comfortably. Uh, that was not the case. Give credit to Cincinnati um, as they hung around despite having a horrific offensive night, especially from three. They only made three three-pointers. Um, that's bad. Uh, very, very bad. Uh, for Kansas and for Cincinnati, you could say they're on the road at Allen Fieldhouse. But a tough environment. They hung around. Kansas wins by five, 74-69. It was the Johnny Furphy game. His family was in the crowd. He has his first career double-double. Career highs in points and rebounds of 23 points and 11 boards as he leads the way uh, for a victory uh, here for the Kansas Jayhawks. They had four guys in double figures. Um, with uh, 20 points from Kevin McCuller, 10 from Hunter Dickinson, 11 from K.J. Adams. DeWan Harris almost got in double figures. He had eight, including a, a nice three-pointer. Um, yeah, I, it, 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 all around fine. We'll talk more on this in a second. I want to start with this question. I've been thinking, I've been holding this question, and Christian, i got to ask you, what? And, it, and I know it changed in the last couple of minutes with some made buckets, but what would be, what have been more embarrassing? To have your starting five not have a single guy in double figures or to have your bench score zero points, what would have been more embarrassing? Now, that did not happen. Uh, Newman got to 11 points for the Bearcats to avoid that, and the Jayhawks did get two points from Marco Jackson on a couple free throws. To get yeah, to, I was going to say, from on free, free throws. Throw but nonetheless, but there was, and I mean we are down to the last 15 seconds of the ballgame where there were zero bench points for Kansas, and a total of, and there was not a single guy in double figures for Cincinnati. Which one is more odd, embarrassing, whatever you want to call it? What a question. Um, neither are good. Let's be clear about that. Uh, the Bearcats starting five shooting a miraculous 0 and 11 uh, from outside and contributing Ugh. to a 16 point. Uh, beyond the arc performance for Cincinnati is particularly bad. I think because they got uh, a nice spread of scoring from their bench, uh, I think it was, yeah, 32 points scored by Cincinnati's bench. I think it because of that, it makes the Cincinnati starting five not hitting double figures less embarrassing. Uh, and maybe it's just because we've been harping it harping on it all season, but zero bench points, obviously two, but zero bench points is absolutely brutal. And we talked about how nice Johnny Furphy has been since moving into the starting lineup, and we can talk all day about his career night, but that leaves even less scoring, and Marco Jackson's not exactly going to light it up for 20 a night from the bench. It, ugh. I think the final answer is starting five objectively. I think in this game, probably bench points is a little worse. They even talked about the lack of depth in the broadcast kind of being a question mark for Kansas. So obviously it's not, not just us that followed 
Kansas specifically all season, but even national media is starting to pick up on this might be an issue. It's a huge issue. Um, John Rothstein, of course, who lives and breathes college basketball, he said it before. You know, this this no depth whatsoever for Kansas is going to hurt them at some point in time. Also, last night we saw how much rebounding is an issue for Kansas. They don't really have the physicality to hang with a good rebounding team, which Cincinnati is the best rebounding team in the Big 12. By the way, they grabbed 40 last night, um, while Kansas only grabbed 29. Um, they do have, like, a Badago, uh, who's a phenomenal rebounder, so long and so athletic, athletic and uh, Lakin or Lakin is his name. He had another eight boards. Those guys are very good rebounders for Cincinnati, but they don't have any scores uh, from what I can see watching Cincinnati play. They don't have a lot of great scores. So they can rebound the ball. They can't score it. Kansas has got some decent scores, but they don't have a lot of rebounding, it seems like, at times. And by gosh, as we mentioned before, the bench points is going to be a – it's going to come up at some point time to be a humongous issue. It's going to be – I mean, here we are. We're six games into the conference slate. Does anybody else think that by the time we get to 12 games into the conference slate that we're going to start seeing some fatigue? I mean, playing five guys a majority of the minutes and not really relying on your bench much, that's got to hurt, doesn't it? I would think so. I mean, it, or, you know, Marco Jackson, 13 points. Uh, Brown had 10, or sorry, minutes, excuse me, 13 minutes. minutes. Brown had 10. Nick Timberlake came off the bench two minutes last night. They've given up on Nicholas Timberlake. Uh, they, Which is tough. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, this is this is a humongous issue that... I'm sure Bill Self is aware of, but how do you go about fixing it, cleaning it up? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, they brought it up on the telecast last night. You know, Arterio Morris, who was a transfer from Texas, who got in some trouble off the court, was let go. Would have been great to have him. They don't have him this year. And I know that's playing a huge role in them not having much more bench depth. But And Timberlake hasn't came out like they wanted to. I feel like our Marco Jackson is just the, the heir apparent to Dewan Harris. Um, a guy who's going to be more of a pass-first guy than the scorer. By the way, Harris last night, 3 of 10 from the floor. Eight assists. Including, including I must say, one of <clears throat> the worst smoked lays I have ever seen. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. I don't he think got I saw that one. right to the rim, and literally it was like, you know, watching a soccer player, you know, that you add to your nine guys so you can play five on five because you're down one. <laughs> I mean, this thing rocketed off the backboard. I'm talking like the layup, his fingers are touching the backboard, and this thing flies back to the free throw line. Unrelated, he played other than, as usual for him, despite a bad field goal percentage, played a pretty good game, but I just needed to throw out there, that was maybe the worst smoked layup I have well, ever seen. You just go through the lineup. K.J. Adams is a very athletic player, but he's got to be a guy that plays more in transition and get point-blank points. Hunter Dickinson is highly skilled, but everybody knows that, so they're trying to slow him down. He's their best offensive score threat consistently. Kevin McCullers right in that same boat. They have two really good guys. DeWan Harris is not really a scorer unless they absolutely dare him to, and sometimes he'll make you pay, sometimes he won't, hence the 3 of 10. But he's a facilitating point guard. Um, you have Johnny Furphy, which we'll get to in just a second, who's coming into his own. They have nothing else. They don't have anything else. I mean, at some point in time, they're going to run into an issue. Either it's with depth and guys running out of gas, foul trouble, or starters not hitting shots and bench players not picking up the slack. One of those things has to come into 
account at some point in time down the road, probably multiple times down the road to where this is going to hurt this team. That's just my thought on the, on the negative side of things. On the positive side of things, Johnny Furphy is becoming the player that I think Bill Self thought he could be when they brought him in eight months ago. He was a guy that was completely under-recruited. He was out of Australia. He didn't really get a whole lot of looks. I think he had one offer before Kansas offered him. They liked what they saw. Look, it's a great diamond in the rough find for Kansas, and Johnny Furphy, I think, is going to be a really good player for them. I could see him being one of those guys like Svi Mikhailuk, who's around for forever. You know, he plays a lot as a freshman, and he's around for forever, and people will hate him. Um, Johnny Furphy's a great player, and I think it's definitely taken him some time to adjust to the American game a little bit, to adjust to the speed of the college game and what he needs to do. But as we've seen over the last few games, he's finding his footing. He's understanding. He took some lumps early, but he's coming into his own. They're going to need nights like this from him more often than not if they're going to continue to keep up this pace of winning. I, I'm trying to remember if he started against Oklahoma. He did against OK State. Uh, but either way... That was way, his fourth consecutive or fifth consecutive start. It was one of those two. I think it was fourth then, because I think he started his first game against OU and obviously ranked you know, a top 10 matchup, and they were kind of looking for a spark, and Bill Self threw him in there. And he played an all-right game. But since then, in his three games, that being at OK State and that loss at West Virginia, and then last night... 15 points, 7 boards, 13 points, 7 boards, and of course, the career, 23-11, and 11, including a kind of slam-the-door triple from the left wing uh, as the shot clock's hitting zeros, and that was a big shot to essentially put the nail in the coffin. Granted, uh, if you were watching at that point, then Cincinnati made this wild little run where they got a couple of steals and made it entertaining. What was that pass from DeWan Harris? What was yeah, that pass? I, who is that Especially too? from a guy that never turns the ball over. What was that? Oh my gosh. Anyway. But he he's really, I mean, because of the field goal percentage and that initial game against OU, I'm using the word settle in. I feel like he's settling into the starting lineup. And it is really nice to see. Because like you said, El Marco Jackson's great, and he, but he's not going to give you anything scoring-wise. And in a starting lineup that needs something in the way of dynamic scores, that is huge. Especially with Hunter Dickinson in foul trouble. If you believe it or not, he played 30 minutes, and he would have played so many more. I mean, Bill Self is going to hit these guys, have these guys hitting you know, Tom Thibodeau-type numbers where he's playing them 35 minutes a game, and... Four of the five starters did that. Only reason Dickinson didn't uh, was because of that the little bit of foul trouble. Not a lot, but he hit that fourth foul, I think, with 10 minutes left and sat uh, for the next five or six when they would have needed him because of that since he stayed in this game for longer than they probably should have with how their offense was doing. But Johnny Furphy, on a night when you easily could have lost this ball game, because Cincinnati kind of just wouldn't go away because you, you were perpetually looking for that put-away bucket and couldn't get it, you needed Furphy. You needed him to shoot 7 of 8, to be always in the right spot, to cut really well and play solid defense, which obviously not going to show up in the scorebook. But even with all that, he still did the stuff that shows up in the scorebook and had a double-double, a career night in both both situations, both categories there. And it, it 
it's sad that you'll need a night from him to beat a Cincinnati club that you probably should beat more handily, but it is also a really nice silver lining for a team desperate for scoring. It's great. I mean, I'm I'm all, I'm happy for Johnny Furphy. It's great. I'm glad it was great that he had his folks in the crowd. You know that spurred him on to play even better. Um, you know, who knows if they weren't there, maybe it's not as quite as impressive performance. This night was coming. I think we all knew deep down this night was coming for Johnny Furphy. I just once again, I just I overlook that because as good as he is, as good as he could be or probably is going to be and what McCuller, who's dealing with a little bit of minor injury and Dickinson who dealt with foul trouble there, I, there, uh, the lack of offense from a lack of offense from some guys in the starting five and in the bench, and lack of rebounding ability at times. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little. I've got some big time concerns. There are there are flags that are popping up in a lot of spots. Wins are great, and they're and they're winning, and that's the that's the great thing. But there are a lot of flags popping up uh, when I watch this Kansas basketball team. And uh, give Chris Cincinnati a lot of credit. They hung around, even though I thought they would probably get beat. Um, and once again, what is Bill Self coming off of a loss now? Like what one oh seven and eighteen in his career of like coming? He never he never has back to back losses, never does. Um, but it helps when you have to come back home and play in front of that crowd and that environment. And that's a you can. Wh- what would you say Allen Fieldhouse is worth in points? Because I, <laughs> I don't think, I don't know about quantifying it. Oh, I think it, it is. I think it's worth at least. Six to eight points. I bet it is. <laughs> I mean, Jay Billis last night said what we've been saying all season long, which is especially now that conference plays in the meat of it, you need to, and I love this phrase, hold serve at home because you simply have to. And we, we're broken records, but it's the truth. It's so hard to win on the road against all but maybe two and, you know, West Virginia would have been one of those two, but clearly that's not the case. Uh, all but maybe two of the teams in the Big 12. And so I think you, you do need to serve ho- keep serve at home, and you ne- do need to have nights like that where Allen Fieldhouse gives you. I'm not going to give a number to it, but we'll go with six to eight. I feel good about my six to eight there. Uh, Kansas next on the road at Iowa State. Hilton Magic, a tough place to play, but they always seem to find a way somehow to, to squeak out wins at Iowa State, it feels like. So that's next on Saturday at 23rd ranked Iowa State. Kansas, by the way, number seven after that loss to West Virginia in the uh, national polls. But the Jayhawks still a very impressive 16-3 and three overall and 4-2 and two in the Big 12 Conference. Looking up, though, at Kansas State, who is 4-1. At this point in time, tie with Texas Tech. All right, but they uh, have the Cyclones. That's true. They have the Cyclones on Wednesday, and who knows? We'll see what happens in Hilton Hilton Coliseum tomorrow night. All right, let's get to a break. When we come back, Rusty Groffel going to join the program, talking with him about uh, Fort Hayes State basketball, his experience of playing in Allen Fieldhouse, and of course, just our good friend going to join the show next. You're listening to the Morning Blitz here on a Tuesday.